0: Welcome to Prima's 2019 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Tom Rickert will discuss e sharing mobility. Tom is the Vice President, Head of Marketing, and Emerging Risk Specialist at Argo Group. We will also be joined by Taekwon Gilbert, Prima's Education Coordinator. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Thank you for joining us today, Tom. Thank you for having me, Taequann. What are some components of the sharing economy related to mobility?
2: Well, at the most basic level, the components of the sharing economy related to mobility can be assigned to four categories, including purpose, constituency, platform, and mode. First, I'll discuss purpose. You want to look at what problems you're looking to address. Is it congestion? convenience for people to have access to a different mobility experience? Is it safety or just access to the different services? These things do work together, but you want to understand what is it that we're trying to do for the community as we introduce uh, some of these solutions or the vision. Second is constituency. It's, it's who's being served. Uh, do they live in urban areas or outlying areas because the solutions have to be adapted to that distance and the type of streets, roads, whatever that you're going to be using. Is, is Business owners, uh, are you looking to attract business to, uh, to certain areas? You have to determine how that might integrate into uh, streets and sidewalks. So where certain things like the e-scooters have blocked entrances and, and, and sort of made business owners wary of the technology. And then also transit districts, you have how are you trying to integrate these different types of mobility solutions into your total plan? And that would include any of the existing transit uh, public transit districts that you have. So there are broader constituencies and additional ones, but those are a few. Uh, the third thing in um, in components is platform. And how is this sharing service being operationalized? Most of these, just like constituency, there are more that I'm going to point out here, but some of these are are hybrid. They work together. Private company technology, both hardware and software, and community crowd share, like ways where people sort of work to share road closures, weather conditions, that kind of stuff with other people. But that includes other social media, like posting a metro delay on Twitter. And then there's the uh, the public entity, the way they engage in the platforms they use for parking and roadway advisories, etc. The fourth category is mode. How how are you doing this? You know, car rideshare has many forms. It's it's one of the most mature. Uber and Lyft, Zipcar, uh, Turo, Get Around, uh, even Maven, where where car manufacturers are now looking at uh, creating rideshare options. Then there's the community things like uh, bike share and E-scooters, uh, public tran- transportation, and in public trans- transportation, you're seeing innovation that provides easier access to services. And limited testing and deployment of, you know, autonomous buses, that'll keep public transit as a backbone of any city's mobility plan. A recent example of that innovation is Denver Mass Transit. They're partnering with Uber so that uh, riders can seamlessly plan across platforms and pay for their bus tickets. Or bus passes for their ride, uh, whether it's uh, automobile or picking up an e-scooter, so, so they can seamlessly plan that, that ride. And we can't forget about the oldest mobility solution, and that's walking. For example, the University of Washington has developed an online tool called Access Map, and Access Map allows Seattle residents to enter addresses and create customized walking directions. And they're also working on a solution that will help families crowdsource safe routes for kids walking for school. So that's those are the main components that I see in the sharing economy.
1: How would you assess the current state of affairs with public risk management vis-a-vis e-sharing?
2: The state of risk management in the public sector and e-sharing is fairly across the board. There's several dependent factors in the mature model that are intertwined with the four components we just talked about, purpose, constituency, platform, and mode. A few of these include vision and duration, persistency and saturation. Uh, For vision, it it has the solution been incorporated into long-term community mobility plans. Do we understand, again, with that, uh, what problem will be addressed and who are we serving, et cetera? The duration is sort of that timeline and what are the interim solutions that you're rolling out and how long will it take to build out uh, that vision And you really need to communicate that effectively to set expectations with the community. Persistency uh, sort of addresses a sustainable model uh, that will persist and mature into the future and uh, thinking about the hardware and software and how everything works together. And finally, saturation, you know, how widely, and that includes both spatially, the the area, and quantitatively, how, what are the number of solutions? And are these solutions deployed or planned to be deployed? So how widely are we going to have these solutions deployed? One of the other things I want to mention is because it, it has such an effect on public entity risk management with regards to this kind of technology is risk velocity. And the velocity is a, is a significant challenge to risk managers uh, when you deal with technology. The pace of introduction of new platforms, vehicles, and associated technology is staggering. And developing a dynamic, flexible risk analytics framework that's both iterative and incremental is a project that um, many of my colleagues and I will be working on for a while.
1: How can public entities prepare themselves for the risks associated with the changing landscape of transportation options?
2: Well, I see um, two critical ways public entities can prepare for the risks associated with the changing landscape of transportation options. And that really is collaboration and community engagement. Collaboration in planning, public and private collaboration, and community engagement are all critical to prepare for the risks associated with that changing landscape. Community leaders have to incorporate e-sharing options into their broader public transportation and mobility plans. And current and future public transit modes have to be part of that equation. They need to consider how all these options will integrate with existing infrastructure like streets and sidewalks, bike lanes, trails, and parking facilities. Technology infrastructure like street lighting, traffic controls, small cell communications, and connected Internet of Things, IOT devices, must be included in the strategy. And then think about smart city grants and public-private partners. They need to be part of the financing analysis. And there has to be close cooperation between government, e-share companies, and citizens to establish a consensus on the practical considerations. A few of those practical considerations include location, volume, and and parking rules. So how many, you know, understanding that, that you have to agree that how many units are going to be allowed, you know, either at the beginning or once you have the uh, complete plan how do you measure this is an effective or an optimal number of units? And also parking rules. And this is something that we've seen with some of the bikes and e-scooters is you want to avoid those those graveyards and of vehicles and make sure that they're not impeding access. Uh, we see that emerging things like uh, the ADA lawsuit down in San Diego that are saying that because all these uh, scooters are laying around the the sidewalks, it's impeding access for people with disabilities. So that uh, along with that, other important considerations are equitable access. So public entities should assure that there aren't any transit deserts where there are these vast gaps between people's access to public transit and their homes or work, and that there are... Unders- that underserved areas of the community are addressed. You want to make sure that the access to these services are not just in that district where you have a lot of entertainment or uh, where, where you know that the ridership will be, you know, ten rides versus three rides. Uh, you have to make sure that there is this the, in the sharing economy that there is true sharing and equitable access across the community. And, you know, having learned from earlier deployments of uh, e-share schemes, like the explosion of e-scooters, some communities are incorporating uh, new entrant protocols into their existing risk assessment frameworks. And, but others are still struggling to fill that gap in their plans. And, and even those public entities with the most mature risk models are facing a significant amount of effort to establish risk management best practices for data sharing and contractual review, reputational impact infrastructure, and financial risk associated with the sharing economy. An example of of the struggle is is illustrated by, and some of the new risks that are emerging, illustrated by several questions that have already been posted on the Prima Community Board related to workers' compensation exposures from the use of ride sharing or e-scooters by employees at work. So all these factors are, are really challenging public entities to, to stay up to date with the risks that are associated with the changing landscape.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this Prima podcast. Here are some words from Prima's marketing manager, Till Griffey, regarding the 2019 Prima Institute.
2: Prima Institute 2019 is fast approaching. Held in San Diego, California in October, this educational
0: symposium provides an opportunity to learn or refresh your risk management fundamentals,
2: such as best practices and emerging trends. Prima Institute also features outstanding faculty who are industry leaders and practitioners, daily-themed tracks, and excellent networking opportunities. Don't miss out on Prima Institute 2019 and learn more at institute.primacentral.org. That's institute.primacentral.org.
0: See you there. Thanks, Till. Now back to the podcast.
1: What are community leaders doing now to help facilitate the inevitable expansion of e-sharing mobility platforms?
2: Many communities and leaders are coming together to discuss the opportunities and challenges presented by the expanding e-mobility platforms. They're sharing stories of what's gone wrong and what has succeeded in deploying these platforms in their towns. Some of the most successful communities are forming cross-functional innovation teams. They're bringing together zoning and law enforcement, city planners, service departments, IT, human resources, and risk management to discuss impact on functional areas and deployment within the communities. And most importantly, they're engaging their citizens and the private companies wishing to offer the sharing platforms to control the reputational risk that can result from a haphazard launch. And I think we've seen so much of that Even with the original ride sharing and and making sure background checks are done with how you balance uh, between existing platforms like taxis and everything else with these ride shares. And then incorporate all these other things into the community and not have that backlash that both against city officials for their communities thinking they weren't prepared or with the private companies thinking they're only in it for themselves and not thinking about the community.
1: What are some best practices cities can consider to manage the risks and opportunities presented by the technology that supports the new platforms?
2: We've talked about several of the best practices already. And so building on that, you know, the first is engagement. You have to have the thoughts and ideas from residents and local businesses. Those should be at the center of identifying concerns about the new programs so that you can make sure that those concerns are incorporated into the risk plan that you have. The second is developing financing strategies. The financing strategies needed to support new infrastructure, and whether it's through bonds or innovation grants or public-private partnerships, due diligence is going to be required to reduce the financial and operational risks associated with the new technology. Third is maintaining a focus on the technology. Cities have to understand the reliability, the functionality, maintenance, and interoperability of the platforms. The interoperability is really important because you're going to have different layers of software, different layers of security, different layers of hardware, and you look at obsolescence and that sustainability, but you you need to make sure that all these pieces work together And safety and security of of, the citizens is one of the most paramount uh, concerns when you think about the technology. The last piece I want to address is is with new technology, new regulations, and policies that have to be developed. You have to review your procurement rules, zoning and permitting, employee safety guidelines will all be necessary, that review of what you do. You have to have an up-to-date privacy policy, and you have to be clear on which data is open and which is private that is critical because that builds trust, so citizens are are rightfully concerned about privacy as it relates to who can collect, own, or distribute certain information with the rise in public private partnerships across city operations there's an additional layer of data that needs to be governed. This goes back to that reputational risk that we've talked about. I highly recommend that both citizens and community leaders, look at some of the resources that are produced by the National League of Cities. They have some really detailed best practices with regards to the sharing economy and mobility.
1: How will e-sharing affect the way cities grow and evolve in the future?
2: You know, when you think about it, communities were born out of a need to share. Whether it was food or mutual protection or just simply companionship, we're all programmed to share. That's how societies were built. Technology today and tomorrow is simply going to be an enabler of that drive to share. It's going to help us put our trust in each other. You have that, that trust in the common, which says that, hey, you and I have to do something together. I'm going to trust that you're going to do your part to keep the platform safe and to keep me safe. And I'm going to do the same for you. These platforms give people that ability to do that and adjust in a more effective and innovative way. Population patterns will continue to create more dense urban areas, and e-sharing is going to be part of the things that'll change how we operate in those areas. There'll be most likely a a decrease in the rate of car ownership because people will be using these other services, whether it's autonomous vehicles, more mass transit, these last mile solutions. All those things will be changing how we we think about the vehicles that we own and whether we need to own them. Also, cities are going to have to uh, shift resources uh, to infrastructure that depends less on things like you know, massive parking structures to transportation hubs that facilitate the movement of pedestrians and, and their engagement of the micro-mobility platforms like the bikes and scooters to the rest of your public transit infrastructure and even shared autonomous vehicles. The hope is that e-sharing can contribute to a high quality of life and economic growth, which are some of the main concerns across all surveys of public officials of some of the things that they're trying to achieve in their communities, at high quality of life and economic growth.
1: What will be the long-term impact of the e-sharing economy on the public risk management industry?
2: When you think about it, technological and societal changes have always had an eventual impact on risk management in both the public and private sectors. You know, I see the long-term impact of the e-sharing economy on public entities as, as one of opportunity. There'll be um, new risk mitigation techniques that'll be put together, like uh, robotic uh, road and sidewalk maintenance that will help accommodate changing vehicle design. And then there's uh, some uh, emerging risk avoidance schemes like geofencing, making sure that these vehicles operate in certain areas the way that you want them to operate. An example in San Antonio, Texas, on the Riverwalk, which is meant for primarily pedestrian traffic, they have geofenced those the e scooters so they can't be used in that area or in front of the Alamo where you have some historic buildings where you don't want these things zipping all around. And then also these things, these risk mitigation and techniques and geofencing, that specific regulation and those types of things are already in the risk manager's toolkit. Risk transfer via insurance, is, which is one of the oldest sharing techniques, it'll evolve. and Innovative products will continue to be developed and brought to the market through collaboration between insureds, brokers, and carriers. The In the end, public entity risk managers will need to develop an understanding of the components we've talked about, best practices of the e-sharing economy, and incorporate that understanding into their overall risk management programs and strategy. I have complete faith that public entity risk management community will adapt just as it always has to these new and emerging risks.
0: We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.